You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey everyone, how's it going? It's Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. I hope that you're hanging in there. It's late for many of you on this Monday night as we try and break down the Bengals' loss to the Steelers. There's, uh, I don't expect a lot of live viewers at this point in time just because of how late it is, but we'll see. I appreciate you tuning in. If you are, if you are tuning in live, I know it's, like I said, I know it's late for some of you. I'm on the West coast and it is uh, even a bit late for me, not as late as some of you now, unfortunately uh, there's just not a lot of positive to say about this one. Um, This was a game that uh, really was a pivotal game for the Zach Taylor regime. This was a pivotal game for the 2019 season. If the Bengals were to, maybe get sneak a win here, feel good about themselves, move towards the end, uh, you know, the, the middle part of their schedule, the end of the schedule, build some momentum and get some, some positive vibes going there. That did not, that did not occur at any, by any stretch of the imagination. The Bengals could not do anything against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And they, it was awful. It was awful. I mean, there's there's no other way to put it. I'm going to be taking some of your uh, comments, questions, that sort of thing. I'm already seeing Sterling Sherwood. And we're, we're, by the way, I'm live streaming in our Orange and Black Insider YouTube channel. So go subscribe to that in case you're not part of that channel. Please subscribe to that. But I'm also uh, live streaming on CincyJungle.com's Facebook page. So however you may be joining us, appreciate it. Like I said, I know it's late for for you, some of you folks out there and uh, for really for everybody. <laughs> but I uh, appreciate it. Sterling Sherwood, absolute embarrassment from the uh, the Facebook page there. Uh, Dave, hi, Dave Wapner. Hey, Chris. And uh, I see um, our good friend Sam Turner said I never miss miss a show. Here's, here's the thing, guys. Um, I, I try and be in my position at cincyjungle.com and my position as the podcaster. I mean, I think we all know I'm a Bengals fan and that's how I got into this side of things and this, uh, this sports writing, sports podcasting, blogging business, if you will. I, being that, I just have to preface this, that this was kind of a, and I won't go into detail, but this was kind of a difficult day, difficult early part of the evening for my family. There's just some issues going on and um, some, some you know, kind of just some tragedies and all that kind of stuff. I won't really go into it. This is a sort of thing in a game where you would hope that, you know, from my perspective, you would find a respite where high effort, maybe even a win, all that kind of stuff. 
And this team just continuously knows how to let its fan base down. Uh, and that's really kind of the big takeaway here. We can talk X's and O's, and we will for a little bit. We can talk about a lot of things, but this is a game that, and this is a team that just continues to disappoint and continues to step on its own feet, continues to embarrass itself. This is a game tonight. This game is kind of obviously a a microcosm of so many things with the Bengals and really a microcosm of their rivalry with the Steelers. This, this game had a little bit of everything and really the Bengals kind of started off on their scripted first drive. They looked pretty good. They ended up stalling out. Then on defense, they forced the turnover deep in Pittsburgh territory, have a golden opportunity to take a seven, nothing lead on their, on the away turf there, and they squander it. Tyler Eifert drops a ball, difficult catch, but one that we've seen we've seen him make many other difficult catches, more difficult catches than that. Had had an opportunity in the end zone to really take the lead and kind of set the tone, didn't take advantage, so they kicked the field goal. They didn't score a point the rest of the way, and they let up 27 unanswered points. Tackling was sloppy. Effort level was low. Morale seemed low, especially when they got in a, in a hole. They were completely out physical, which is uh, – that may or may not be proper English. But they were completely out physical by Pittsburgh. And I, I like to use that term because that's what this this game, this rivalry – this that's what this is about. It's about being physical. It's an emotional rivalry. And really, once it's usually a, a game that is – one by momentum. You gain momentum and you try and not look back. And quite often, very much more often than not, Pittsburgh grabs that momentum and does not look back. A very symbolic play tonight was uh, a run by James Conner. And he went up the field, got close to scoring. And as he was going up the field, multiple Bengal players were sliding off of him in terms of quote unquote tackle attempts. As they were doing so, James Conner steps on the face of Andrew Billings or the side of the head of Andrew Billings. Andrew Billings is down hurt and pan over to James Conner and he's revving up the crowd as a as a Bengals player is laying down on the turf hurt. Now, the the stomp on the head and and the, the, the stomp, it, it wasn't intentional, I don't think. Um, I mean, it was kind of part of the play. He was just breaking tackles and that's just how things fell. But it was just the mowing over of the Bengals players, the Bengals defense getting dominated. And then you look at him revving up the crowd, which is complete Pittsburgh. You know, that's just what what they have always done. We saw it when Gio Bernard was hurt in the wild card game. Shazier and others were dancing. And uh, this is this is they celebrate that sort of thing. So and that to me, I I don't know as a member of the Cincinnati Bengals, as a member of the Cincinnati Bengals coaching staff, as a member of the front office, I do not know how that does not drive you nuts. I don't know how you do not sit there and pound the table and say, that's unacceptable. We can't, we can't lose this way. We can't continue to be embarrassed and we can't continue to be embarrassed by our rival. We can't continue to be embarrassed by our rival on primetime television with the nation watching. That's what feeds these narratives about this team, about Andy Dalton, about everything about this team. That's what feeds this narrative, and it's not going away when you continue to lay these eggs on primetime television. I want to talk a little bit about Andy Dalton. 
Um, for those who watched the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast that we do through CincyJungle.com, if you if you watched that last week, we kind of had a, I guess if you want to call it a come to Jesus talk about Andy Dalton and his status with this franchise. And really we were kind of saying we're, you know, a little bit fed up about some of the things we've we've watched. I went in a matter of a week to being slightly upset with Andy Dalton and his play, his missed throws, to I feel sorry for the guy. I, I feel so sorry for the guy. I believe there were eight sacks given up tonight. Andre Smith is not a left tackle. He's not a starting left tackle. He's not a starting NFL offensive lineman at this point in his career. He he may not make most of the rosters as a backup in the NFL, yet here he is starting at left tackle for the Cincinnati Bengals. He's never been a left tackle, an NFL left tackle. He's been a right tackle. You have Bobby Hart, the Bengals' supposed prized free agent pickup that they really needed to get back so badly to man the right tackle spot. Gave up, I believe, two sacks, had a false start penalty and illegal hands to the face penalty. Absolute atrocious night from him. Michael Jordan got abused most of the night by Cam Hayward and others. This this has to be one of the worst offensive line performances I have ever seen. And I think I think I said that just a couple weeks ago. Uh, and this this really has to take the cake in terms of the offensive line performance. Joe Mixon, there was another play, speaking of Andre Smith, there was a play in the third quarter. Joe Mixon gets a handoff. There is a guy da- diving at his ankles as he receives the handoff, and that player had just – I didn't see who it was. I'd have to go back and watch the film. But um, chances are it was probably Bud Dupree because uh, I believe that that was the matchup there. But um, – he's diving at Mixon's ankles as he received the handoff, you know, three, four yards deep and Mixon avoided that. And he had to kind of make a small miracle to even get a no gain or a two yard gain out of the play. So these are the types of things that we knew this offensive line was going to be pretty, pretty poor. We knew that it was going to be exceptionally poor without Cordy Glenn, without Jonah Williams in the lineup. And they have proven to be nothing short of (laughs) they have not fallen short of those uh very low expectations that we held for that group linebackers the same thing i I, you probably saw on cincyjungle.com i put a post up winners and losers now granted look i know we're not looking for winners but i did put one and that was mixing because he was frankly the only guy who looked like he came to play tonight so if that bothers you i'm not i'm not really going to apologize for that um he really was the one the one guy who came to play. But there are a whole list of losers. I mentioned the offensive line. Many of those members made that list. The one guy on defense that I put on there was Nick Vigil. And Nick Vigil had a couple of wow plays. He had two tackles for loss. He had a, for, uh, a, a forced fumble early in the game. And, you know, he had some of those wow plays. But as you look at the film in the second quarter, in the third quarter, when the Steelers started imposing their will, especially on the ground, doing some misdirection stuff, that wildcat stuff on, you know, with Jalen Samuels in the game, as you saw the, that tide turning and you felt it, if you've watched – the Bengals for any amount of time and you've seen any of these Pittsburgh games over the years, you have seen that script over and over again in terms of the second half, them feeding the running game, getting a lead and just bouncing off tacklers left and right. It, go back to Jerome Bettis. If you if you really want a refresher on that one, but 
Vigil to me was out of position quite often. He missed some tackles. Um, just and it really just kind of highlighted the, the linebacker play. There was another play, a broken play. Root Mason Rudolph rolled out to his left, kind of floated a, a, a prayer ball up to his tight end down the sideline. Preston Brown was kind of there, didn't even look back at the ball. Tight end kind of dove and made made a catch to to convert a first down. So the weaknesses are the weaknesses and they continue to be the weaknesses. I guess we just kind of felt that they would be able to mask some of those things like they kind of did in week one. I think we all were kind of fooled saying, you know, maybe this coaching staff is able to kind of play some chess, if you will, and, and mask some of these things. And they have not continued to do that after week one. I see David Joseph here. Mixon was trying so hard, but Andy would, would shove the ball onto him and get left to the wolves surprised. He didn't get hurt. Um, our rival Devin case says our rival beat us with the wildcat and physical play. That's so embarrassing. Um, average Andy, Jason Sears says average Andy is horrible on prime time. Always got a smile on his face. I tell you what, Andy didn't have a smile on his face tonight. Uh, if you watch that game tonight, he did, he did not have a smile on his face. He slammed his helmet down in frustration there. He was visibly upset throughout most of the game. Some of those were, on, you know, the turnovers. He had a fumble that was a sack fumble. You got to get rid of that football. He threw a bad interception in the end zone. But the thing with Dalton, I want to go back to him for a second. The thing that bothers me is he has regressed in terms of some bad habits. He has picked up habits where he's because, and it's not really all his fault. I mean, it's the offensive line's fault, and if, therefore it's the coach's fault, and it's the front office's fault for not giving him the proper pieces to work with. This was a team, we've said this a bunch of times, this is a, this team has said we're committed to Andy Dalton, we're committed to building around him, getting him the talent, and kind of recreating 20, 2011 through 2015. That's what they said they wanted to do, especially under Zach Taylor. Well, they have not lived up to their end of the bargain. They have not lived up to their end of the bargain. The team has not in terms of supporting Andy Dalton. But unfortunately, what we're seeing now is we're seeing Andy Dalton get skittish in the pocket. He has happy feet. There are times where he senses pressure when it's not there. It's hard not to think that way when you when your offensive line lets up eight sacks in a game. But he's sensing pressure that isn't there. There are times when he does avoid pressure. He rolls out and kind of throws the ball away. He doesn't look downfield necessarily to create a play. And sometimes when he does, he makes a poor throw. So there's not really much, there's not really much positive coming out of the quarterback position at this point after some nice things we saw in the first week and, and uh, some things under, under uh, Zach Taylor. Uh you know, I'm I'm saying I'm seeing some stuff. Uh, Stray strength six five zero in the YouTube chat. Trade AJ Green for Trent Williams straight up. Put Jonah at right tackle and Glenn at left guard when they're healthy. I mean, unfortunately, the Glenn Jonah Williams thing. This we we probably would not be having this conversation. Not only about the offensive line, but maybe even a loss tonight if those two guys were in the lineup playing at least average football, if not better, which we think would like to think that they both can, um, we would not probably be having this conversation. But unfortunately, that's not the case. Um, unfortunately, the Bengals put a lot of eggs in the Bobby Hart basket. That's not working out for them. And they have not, they have not invested 
properly in, 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 in critical areas. And if they have used high capital, it's either bust or injured guys. So, you know, I, I don't, they just failed in the execution of things. And, um, you know, it, it shows on the field. It shows in the roster that they're putting out. This, this tonight was very shades of mid-90s, early 2000s pre-Marvin. And not just the offense. It was everything. The, the coach looked quite rattled on the sideline, Zach Taylor. The defense was inept. The offense was inept. And there's you've got kind of on offense, you've got kind of a chicken or the egg thing going, right? I mean, is it just a lack of creativity and just a lack of execution because of poor coaching, Jim Turner, Zach Taylor and company? Or is it the fact that they can't do much because of the limitations on this offensive line? Is it both? Um, you know, that's something that remains to be seen once some of these guys come back. Um, <laughs> Scott, uh, I think it's Scott Eichenhauer says they've taken years off my life. Yes. And and like I said, you know, I kind of shared a tiny bit of a personal aspect at the beginning. You would kind of think that this, these kind of things would be a, a respite from life and, and the Bengals just continually know how to crush your spirit. I don't, um, I, I don't know how to explain it. And from here, folks, for those that are maybe optimistic in terms of the immediate future, the being competitive in 2019, um, obviously teams can turn around, bounce back, and play much better than they did after a blowout. Heck, the Bengals did it in week three after the embarrassment in week two. But uh, oh, there, there is basically in recent history, 0% of 0-4 teams have made the postseason. So I don't think we can expect that. If the, even for the the glaring optimists out there, I don't think that that is going to be something that you can um, you can expect. Well, I'll be here for a couple more minutes, and then we'll get out of here. I know it's late for quite a few of you. Again, I'm Anthony Cazenza. If you're not familiar with me, I'm with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. Thanks for tuning in late tonight, especially after such a just poor performance by the Cincinnati Bengals. If you're new to uh, Cincy Jungle, keep it definitely to the site. For news, opinions, analysis, breaking news, injury news, all that stuff. Um, you can check out our podcast. It's part of uh, the SB Nation family of podcasts, the Orange and Black Insider. There's also a couple of other different shows that some of you may be aware of. Um, Orange is the New Black is another show that just joined us. That's by Ace Boogie and Zim Hude. We also have uh, Sorry If I Spit When I Speak which is by Daddy O'McDuck and, and Dr. Hoji Smoji. Uh, that's another show on there. And then uh, Cincy Jungle's uh, Matt Minnick is also part of the, the OBI crew, and he does some uh, film breakdown. And I think that's going to be very interesting this week. He did his first one with us last week, so that should be very interesting this week. So check that out. You can get the show uh, YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, all that stuff. Check it out how you can. Appreciate the support. I know... <laughs> I know sometimes it's not um, not overly easy listening to podcasts and whatnot after being so frustrated and seeing the team go 0-4, but uh, we we appreciate the support, uh, definitely, both at Cincy Jungle and through our show. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? 
you need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Uh, I'm looking at uh, looking at some comments here, both on Facebook and the YouTube channel. Tommy McGill, wow, someone who knows football, refreshing. Andy doesn't have a chance out there. I don't know if that was a compliment to me, but if it was, I'll I'll take a pat on the back and, and take that one. Thanks, Tommy. Um, I, I I'm seeing a lot of stuff about Mike Brown. A lot of stuff about Mike Brown. Jason Sears, Mike Brown wins regardless. He's still collecting money. Spend some cash, bring in some help, please. Absolutely. Uh, I saw one earlier. Um, uh, I, I missed that one. There was, there's been, there's been a, a bunch on here uh, about Mike Brown. I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, and, and that really is where where you look and. To me, it's uh, yeah, that's that's the problem. But you also look, you have to look at uh, to me Duke Tobin. Um, Duke Tobin has been given an immense amount of power. So if you want to say this coaching staff is not the right fit, I think it's a little early to say that. But at zero and four with two embarrassing losses on the docket, including one one in the division on primetime television, your only primetime game, I think that. I, I understand a little bit of the knee-jerk reaction, but I think four games in is a little premature, especially when this really wasn't Zach Taylor's team per se. But if you look, if you want to call the coaching into into question, if you want to call the roster into question, if you want to call the draft into question, Duke Tobin has been given a lot of power in this organization, despite not having a general manager title. So 
Um, he's a guy, if you want to look back to the 2015 through 2019 draft classes littered with draft busts, injuries, all that kind of stuff. Duke Tobin's a big, big part of that. Uh, you know, Marvin pr- probably was as well, but, uh, I mean, Duke Tobin is kind of the de facto GM and he's instrumental in making a lot of these decisions. He was probably instrumental in saying, yeah, we're not keeping Marvin and Zach Taylor's our guy that there's the coaching situation that you, if you want to reference that. So to me, Duke Tobin, yes, Mike Brown is there and, and holds blame. But I mean, I think others are also to be held accountable as well. Um, Tommy McGill Dalton's on his last year, right? Uh, He's got one more. Um, But basically the Bengals can cut ties either this year or next year without any dead cap. Um, so that's what makes his situation very interesting. Um, going from here, I, I don't really know exactly, you know, obviously I don't have a crystal ball. I don't really know how the rest of this year is going to play out. Is it going to be this week to week roller coaster where, hey, close game. Oh my gosh. Hey, close game. Oh, wow. This is terrible. That very well could be the case. Um, right now it's hard for me to, I mean, going into this, I, I, this season, I was kind of saying, well, the Bengals might be in that seven to nine win range. And most of their wins would probably come at the end of the year. I still think the wins that they will get will probably come later in the year. As this team begins to gel, the coaching staff gets more experience, all of that. But I, you know, I, I find it hard to believe that this team will, win at this point more than three to five games given what they're uh the performance they're putting on the field the injuries they've suffered tonight john ross gets hurt tyler boyd looked like he was gimpy as well aj green reportedly still a couple of weeks away cordy glenn seems to be improving very very slowly so who knows if that means next week who knows if that means the week after I mean, a lot of key injuries. We mentioned Williams, obviously, but um, I mean this. This is this is what you see. There are a number of factors at play here for this own four start. This is coaching inexperience. This is poor organizational practices in terms of approach and free and outside free agency, moving up in the draft to get immediate impact players, and um, bad luck in terms of injuries. It's kind of a combination of all these and it's kind of creating this perfect storm. And, um, you know, a lot of people are, this is not how you would have drawn up the entrance of a new era after Marvin Lewis. A basically one, they're one in seven. Uh, if you want to count, or it's, uh, yeah, one in seven, if you want to count the preseason. So, um, not great, not great. And uh, it, it there there are noticeable noticeable issues, and um, I really worry. You know, the players and other other people were saying all kinds of positive things about Zach Taylor this summer, this spring, saying, "Oh, you know, he's refreshing. He's this young guy. He's teaching us the game. He's got more of an emphasis emphasis on offense." Well, that's all well and good when you're when you haven't played a preseason game yet, you haven't played a regular season game yet, all of a sudden you're one in seven in your first eight games under this new head coach, including a couple of regular season blowouts. I worry. I worry about his grasp on this team. I worry that, uh, you know, 
I, I worry about a lot of things. I did see some other uh, comments about coaching. You know, the defensive play calls were awful. One of the things I found very interesting in a negative way on defense by Lou Anarumo was his decision to drop Sam Hubbard, arguably their best pass rusher this year. He, he was dropped into like a mid-zone coverage at least two, if not three times, and it, it usually you know hurt the Bengals. So I didn't understand that one. I don't know if that was just, again, masking the deficiencies in the middle of the defense, but uh, not a sound game plan on that aspect. Um, you know, Unfortunately, you've, I've seen quite a bit of, of regression from the safeties, Bates and Sean Williams. I've seen a little bit of regression from William Jackson. Um, I don't know. This this team is just not taking steps in the right direction. And uh, this this we kind of felt that this season was about building, was about taking kind of baby steps and and doing some things. But uh, they are. Anytime they take a step forward, it's it's about four four or double digit steps backward. So, um, you know, we'll we'll see if that changes, but um, not uh, <laughs> not looking likely. Unfortunately, Chris Weston, Anthony for Bengals head coach next year. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I appreciate that. I I don't know if that was sarcastic or not, but uh, I appreciate that. But I don't. I, I am not qualified for that for that job. Um, but I, <laughs> that would be interesting. Um, guys, we're gonna, we're gonna get out of here. I've, I've been on here for uh, a little over 25 minutes, but, uh, I, I'd like to say, you know, better days are ahead and I, I think they are. It just may not be as soon as we would like. It may not be with some of the personnel that you would like to see spearhead this, this, tur- this turnaround. Um, I see regression out of some players that I wish I had not been, I wish were not regressing. I have seen effort levels come and go this year. So uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I kind of, I hope Taylor seems like a good guy and a guy that can, seems like a sharp guy. Um, I hope that he can kind of turn this thing around. I, I think as a person, you got to root for Andy Dalton. He's one of the league's nice guys, and you you hope he does well. But uh, this is this is not moving in the right direction right now. And um, I don't know if a healthy Cordy Glenn, a healthy Jonah Williams, a healthy AJ Green, and others really would make a a huge impact. I said earlier that you know we may not be talking about a loss here with with Jonah and and Glenn in the lineup. That's possible. Um, I, I just. This team needs a lot of work, and uh, even with those guys back, this team needs a lot of help, and, and it was painfully noticeable tonight. Unfortunately, the Bengals, they can't, they don't know how to beat Pittsburgh. They don't know how to beat Pittsburgh, and it really shows the disparity in terms of those organizations, in terms of the quality, in terms of, you know, all operational practices, everything. The, the, the disparity is on display every year, and unfortunately it just um, – it's pretty sad to watch from a Bengals perspective. Um, and uh, hopefully they, they figure out a way to turn this around. Um, they, a lot of things have to change. That's, uh, that's kind of the bottom line here. Uh, anyways, thanks so much for tuning in tonight, guys. Uh, see some kind words in the live Facebook chat, uh, talking about some personal stuff. Appreciate it. Um, appreciate everybody tuning in. Appreciate you guys downloading this, this show. And, uh, 
you know, keep it to our site, keep it to our podcasts. And, um, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully we're, we're providing some entertainment value that the Bengals are not with their on field stuff. And, and hopefully that changes as well. So enjoy the rest of your week. We'll keep it with you. Keep it at cincyjungle.com for news, opinions, analysis, and all of that. I'm Anthony Cazenza. We'll see you next time. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.